Hello, microbrands. I'm Dr. Justine Dees, and welcome to the Joyful Microbe Podcast. It's the show all about the microbes we encounter in our daily lives. Thank you so much for tuning in. I can't wait to share the show with you. Before we get to the episode, I wanted to tell you about a little something that I have for you. It's a new PDF guide that I created to help you enjoy microbes in your daily life. And so it's seven things that you can look for and enjoy and discover in your daily life that will relate to microbes and give you different ideas so that you can have fun with microbes and do some hands-on microbiology activities with them. So head over to joyfulmicrobe.com slash daily dash lives dash guide and you can grab your free guide called seven ways to enjoy microbes in your daily life and I really think if you grab this you're going to just have your eyes opened to the microbial world in a different way. I know that after I discovered a lot of these things, I started seeing the world differently through a more and even more of a microbial lens. Though I'm a microbiologist, there are there are tons and tons of more things that you can discover that you can start seeing and noticing throughout your day that are related to microbiology that you didn't even realize. So I wanted to share that with you and um, so that you can enjoy microbes in your daily life a little bit more. So once again, you can go to joyfulmicrobe.com slash daily dash lives dash guide and you can pick up your free PDF. And just so you know, you'll be signing up for the newsletter as well, but you can always unsubscribe. Before heading into the episode, I have just a little note for you. You know how when you read a word and you think it's pronounced a certain way and then you find out later that it's pronounced differently than you expected? That's how it is a lot in science. Um, You read papers or you read on a certain topic and you think that you're reading and hearing the word in your mind a certain way and sometimes if you don't think to actually look up the pronunciation which sometimes you can't even find those pronunciations but um, sometimes if you don't then you just kind of assume it's a certain way and with geosmen it's um for a long time, I thought it was pronounced Geosmin. And um, so on this episode, you're going to hear me say Geosmin, and it's actually Geosmin. And um, so in my mind, I guess I was thinking it's like geography, <laughs> but it's not. So anyways, just take that and, um, you know, as you want to, but enjoy my mispronunciation of Geosmin and um Never worry too much about mispronouncing things because you're learning and it's okay. As long as you're adventurous enough to learn something new, don't worry about mispronouncing it. On one of the other podcast episodes, I talked to Shelly Nauman and um, we discussed how fungi 
is pronounced so many different ways. So anyways, all right, I'm babbling on about my mispronunciation just because I want to make sure you know how to actually pronounce it, but then enjoy the episode while I mispronounce it the entire time. (laughs) Okay, all right, on to the episode. So today's episode is really special, near and dear to my heart. And I, it's taken me a while to actually write an article on this topic and share a podcast episode about it because I don't know about you, but when I really love something, I have a hard time sitting down and getting myself to really just figure out exactly how I want to say it and share it with people. So I just finally got myself to do it. But (laughs) so this episode is on a chemical called geosmin. And if you've never heard of it before, you may be very familiar with it already. So if it rained where you are today, you may have noticed that wonderful, delightful, earthy smell. And it's really nice, isn't it? I love it. It's wonderful. And that smell is from microbes. (laughs) I absolutely love knowing that. And when I discovered that the smell after rain or that comes with rain came from microbes, I just was so excited because, of course, anything that's microbiology related is really fun to me. So this chemical is called geosmin. And the name was given in 1965. But of course, people have known about geosmin for a long, long time. And um, it comes from the Greek for earth, G, and odor, osmi. And of course, I may be saying those totally wrong, but (laughs) you can read the article as well where I actually spell these things out if you want to see them. But the earthy smell of geosmin has been studied for over 100 years. And, but, you know, of course, you can imagine that this smell has been appreciated for a long time. And um, what I love is how this 1965 publication starts off with the sentence, freshly plowed soil has a typical odor, which has undoubtedly which wasn't undoubtedly detected even by primeval men and extolled in all tongues by bucolic poets. So I just think that's a beautiful sentence. And it's funny how it seems like the way that we write scientific publications these days are, are is very different. I've definitely run across papers that I've read um, in my studies that they have some poetic you know, sentences in them or they start off kind of funny, but it's it's more rare now, but it seems like papers back in the day were written more this way. Um, so anyways, geosmin is one of my favorite gifts from the microbial world and I love sharing it with people. And it's funny because this actually happened recently. I was at the vet bringing my kitties in and um, I have two new kittens and they needed to go in and get their vaccines and everything and get a checkup. But while I was sitting there, I heard the receptionist say how she loved the smell that comes after rain. And of course that caught my attention. I was like, heck yeah, me too. And so I got to tell her it comes from microbes and they're usually not bad. And um, and what I mean by bad is disease causing. And so... 
unfortunately, after I did some more studying of this, I did find that some of the microbes that make geosmin are pathogens or disease-causing microbes, but I still stand by <laughs> like the majority are not bad. And um, so we'll get into that a little bit more. But um, <laughs> it's funny because the receptionist seemed excited. It was like, she's like, oh, cool. That's neat. They're not like creepy microbes. They're just, you know, whatever. They're microbes that are just making the smell for us. And of course, you know, they're doing other things and it's not for us. But at the same time, I like to think of it as a little gift from the microbial world. But it's moments like those that are just fun to me because I get to share the good aspects of the microbial world since most of the time pathogens seem to get all the attention. But okay, so that's great and all. But really, what is geosmin? What microbes make it and why? So that's what this episode is about. And um, if you go to the blog, Joyful Micro blog, you're going to also see that there's an article to go with this. And so you can read about it and see all the citations if you're interested in diving in a little bit more deep. So um, I'm going to talk about the answers to those questions and then also share where you can find Geosmin, where you may not have realized that you're encountering it, and um, hopefully not disappoint you too much when I reveal the context where Geosmin can actually be a problem. Um, but after this, I'm hoping that you'll be armed with detailed knowledge about this microbially produced perfume that you can share with your friends so that they can also delight in the microbial world. So what is geosmin? Okay, we already kind of talked about it. It's that earthy scent that comes with and after rain, and it's the pleasant smell of soil, but it's also one of the chemicals that makes the smell of petrichor. So if you've ever heard somebody say, oh, petrichor, the smell with rain, well, geosmin is one of those smells. And of course, out of the petrichor chemicals, I choose to highlight geosmin because microbes produce it. So, okay, I think you're going to have to go to the blog and actually see this. But um, the number one, there's a great infographic that I posted on there from the American Chemical Society, and it explains petrichor. So you can learn the other chemicals that are involved in that. But also, Lisa Vander Art created some wonderful art to go with this post. And um, okay, so next thing, what microbes make geosmin? Which ones are doing this? What microbes are doing this? Are they good or are they bad? Well, most will say are, you know, not bad. But geosmin is often associated with a group of soil bacteria called the actinomycetes. And so those are bacteria like streptomyces species and nocardia. Nocardia is a pathogen. And so that's kind of like a little bit disappointing, but at the same time, <laughs> it, geosmin is usually associated with streptomyces bacteria, which are generally harmless to humans. However, other bacteria and microbes in general make it too. And so here are a few others. Mixobacteria like Myxococcus xanthus and Stigmatella aurantica. Cyanobacteria also and fungi like mushrooms and penicillium species. And I was really surprised when I found out that there was an amoeba called vanilla. Van vanilla, not vanilla, like the flavor of vanilla. <laughs> That would be kind of funny, though, too. But vanilla species. And um, so 
crazy that there are all these different types of microbes that make geosmin. Besides what we mostly think of, if anyone who has heard of geosmin usually associates it with Streptomyces species, but there's others that make it. So that was kind of enlightening to me. But at the same time, I discovered that it's not just microbes that have been shown to produce this chemical, but there's also some plants that produce it as well. Liverwort and beets. So in a way, it's disappointing for us microbe enthusiasts that microbes don't completely own this one. All right. Now, where do we find geosmin? Geosmin can be found in places like soil. Of course, I mentioned earlier that soil bacteria produce this, but then we've also got organisms that live in water. So you'll find it in lakes, rivers, and drinking water. And um, so cyanobacteria, they live in water quite often. And so you'll find that in those bodies of water and then our drinking water, kind of weird. But you know what? It's like not shocking to me after I discovered that that it is in drinking water or can be found in drinking water. And um, I've definitely been places while traveling or lived in areas where the water had a little bit more of an earthy, like dirt smell to it. It can also be found in wine and fish and, of course, beets because, um, you know, there it could be the beets producing it or it could be soil bacteria on the beets that are producing this, the geosmin, mushrooms and carrots. So if you ever have vegetable or fruit that smells like dirt, <laughs> you can pretty much safely assume it's geosmin. But why in the world are microbes making geosmin? This question, uh, it wasn't really known until very recently. Why in the world do uh, microbes make geosmin? We know it's there. We sure can smell it. But why would they spend the energy to produce this odorous chemical? In 2020, scientists in Sweden made this a, a new discovery about geosmin that revealed a benefit to Streptomyces bacteria, the soil bacteria I mentioned earlier. They produce geosmin to attract small invertebrates called springtails in the soil to carry their spores. So we're not the only ones who can detect geosmin. Springtails also do it. And in this particular relationship, attracting these springtails helps the bacteria reproduce because what they do is the springtails will be attracted to it. They come over, they pick up the spores from the bacteria and then they walk away and go about their lives and disperse the spores to new locations. So it kind of helps spread around the bacterial spores. And um, it's a way of bacteria don't always move. And if they do move, they can't, you know, feasibly move very far. And so they can get much farther when they can hitch a ride and move to a new location on a larger organism. Other organisms can detect geosmin too. It attracts mosquitoes, but it repels fruit flies. For the mosquitoes, it helps them find a new breeding area, but for fruit flies, it helps them avoid eating and breeding new microbes, making toxins that could harm them. However, whether there are benefits to any of these relationships from the microbes standpoint, so think about it like I just explained that 
the microbes, um, the Streptomyces species have that benefit of getting their spores dispersed to new areas. But what about in these relationships with mosquitoes and fruit flies? Not really sure if there's, you know, a benefit from the microbe standpoint. There probably is something going on there. It just hasn't been discovered. It's only been studied from the side of the mosquitoes and the fruit flies. Now, where would we encounter geosmin in our daily lives? Humans are able to detect geosmin at extremely low levels. Um, There are times when we can enjoy the smell and times when we actually don't. And I'm going to tell you about that. And it all depends on how we sense it. So, of course, most people enjoy the smell of rain that comes from the earthy aroma of geosmin. So the smell can be a delight. And it's kind of funny because there's a synthetic version that is added to perfumes. And you can even find it in candles. I googled geosmin when I was working on this article. And one of the things that popped up was (laughs) geosmin candles. So if you want something like that, you can go online and buy yourself a petrichor or a geosmin candle. I also remember buying a car air freshener years and years ago that was supposed to smell like fallen leaves. I think it was from Bath and Body Works and I think it was called Leaves. And um, I, I remember it had a little bit of an earthy smell to it. So now I'm certain Geosmin was included in the formulation. Okay, so let's talk about the other side of things. Geosmin as a problem. As much as we love Geosmin... We actually can't stand it in our food. And so it can be in fish and in our drinking water and in wine. In fact, geosmin poses a specific problem for the food, beverage, aquaculture, and water industries. Many studies have been dedicated to finding ways to remove geosmin. And so I did this when I was researching the article put the word into Google Scholar to look for publications about geosmin. And I saw a whole bunch of articles that were all about how to control geosmin, how to eliminate geosmin. And that makes sense if you really think about it. Um, If you've ever tasted that, like I mentioned earlier, where I was traveling or living in different places where the water has that soil, dirt sort of flavor, then it makes sense that this is actually an issue for companies um, and, you know, in in the water industry where they don't want drinking water to (laughs) taste like dirt. So, and I definitely wouldn't want my wine to taste like dirt either. Um, If you ever get food though, like vegetables and things like that, that have geosmin or have that musty earthy flavor, I found out from my research that you can actually get rid of it. Um, All you have to do is add some sort of acid. The reaction of geosmin with acid yields odorless argosmin. So if you like to cook with citrus juice, citric acid, vinegar, which is acetic acid, you're all set. Okay, so there it is, geosmin. Um, I still love geosmin after all the research that I did. I think it's still wonderful and a delight, um, but it's funny because it's also a frustration to our senses. And um, most of my encounters with geosmin 
have been by smell rather than taste, so I remain a dedicated fan. (laughs) I hope you do too after hearing this episode, and I hope that you enjoyed this. So um, let me know what you think. I want to hear all your thoughts on Geosman. One more thing. If you love Geosman and you go and check out the art that Lisa made and you absolutely love it, well, you are in luck because we made the art into a sticker. So you can put Geosman all over your computer and your water bottle and wherever else. So you can go to my the blog's red bubble shop and check out the Jasmine sticker and there will be other items up there because with red bubble you can order things like t-shirts and you can put the same art all over different types of things so if you would like to have it on a sticker you can grab a sticker or there are going to be t-shirts and other things so you can head on over to the Redbubble shop and that link will also be in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Joyful Micro Podcast. Please subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode. And if you'd like to help others who love microbes to find the podcast, then please leave a rating and review for the show and tell a friend. To learn more about the Joyful Microbe, head on over to joyfulmicrobe.com where you'll find the show notes and all the links and resources mentioned. And I also have a few articles that, um, I have one other article that I wrote a few years ago that's about microbial smells where I actually talked to, (laughs) I went to Twitter and asked people what's their favorite microbial smell and Geosman was one of them, but there are others on there that are really neat and interesting. And also I found some really good information from a review article and that'll be in the links as well. Also, as I mentioned in the beginning of the episode, you can grab that free download called seven ways to enjoy microbes in your daily life and that is going to be at joyfulmicrobe.com slash daily dash lives dash guide and you can pick that up for free over there and um, head on over to the, the blog and the article as well to see the awesome artwork that Lisa created for this podcast episode and for the blog post thanks again microbe friends talk to you next time